Boom, boys. We're back in the studio for another episode of Light the Lamp Podcast. It's one of your hosts, Nathan Lodermeyer. Who are we with today? Is Carl back? No, no Carl. Oh. Where'd Carl go? Yeah. He's sad. Probably, might still be at the loon. I don't know. Yeah. Carl, did you make it home that night? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Carl, I hope you were okay, buddy. Uh, we got, rough. We got a couple of Ryans, though. Yep. Yeah, a couple of Ryans. And we got lots to talk about after this weekend. What... What a weekend. I don't know. Uh, Thursday feels like so long ago. I mean, I woke up at 10.30 that morning, sat on the couch at 11, watched hockey basically all day, took a little midday blade in between, I think yep. we did, but just a solid day. I don't. We, we went and got beat-ups, too, I think. Half, half price or double huh? double beat-ups on that yeah, day? Yeah, we did. Really? Yeah, Thursdays. You get two for the oh, same price. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, it, was, it was a crazy day. Should we? Let's just uh, maybe to go through all the games. Should we just should we just go through as the like you know start with the first one and just go as the weekend yep, progresses? Might as well. Yeah, first game, little Mankato versus Harvard matchup, and I know I did pick Harvard I think going into this game last week, but this this game was a lot closer and a lot more fun to watch than I actually thought it was going to be. This this was probably one of the craziest games that out of the whole first you know maybe two days that probably could have happened where we wouldn't have guessed it. I don't know because. Yeah. Mankato took that early lead. It was three nothing. I was like, okay, there goes the game. And Ryan over here was he was mad too. Oh yeah, what a great way to start the tournament. Absolutely electric game. Like Nathan said, they got off to Cato got off to an early, early lead, and then just like that, Harvard got a few lucky goals in, and yeah, it was boom boom right there towards the end of the second, two within like forty eight seconds. Yeah, something like something that. like that. Forty eight, fifty eight. I can't remember. I think it was forty eight, but. And then they almost they almost tied the game right there too late in the second. They had they were just buzzing after they got it was I don't think it was a power play goal, but it was just kind of a lucky bounce off the pad of pad of uh, McKay there. And after that they were kind of rattled for the last you know three and a half minutes or whatever it was of that second period right there. And it could have been a three three game honestly. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that type of reaction because it's like I think I was up at the first period and then once I saw it, you know what was three goal lead. It's like. Well, Harvard doesn't stand a chance, kind of what we were kind of predicting. Yeah. And then Harvard comes back and somehow makes it a game. And like you said, they had a chance to tie it up. They were peppering that net. And then McKay played good enough that uh, down that stretch that they were able to get a dub there. Yeah, I don't know. That Harvard team looked like uh, they showed signs of themselves at the beginning of the year when they were, like, really hot. They were top ten team. Yeah, it's just... Uh... It's hard to play against Mankato, for one. But, I mean, there was just so many chances Harvard had, even in the third period, too, where they could have, you know, put a quick one in. It was just, it, yeah, like you said, after that first, you know, maybe three-goal lead, let's just say, I was like, I was ready to turn it off and just get ready, prepared for yeah. the next game. But I was excited to see Harvard. They played Mankato just as hard as any team has played them, probably all year, honestly. I mean, they were stacking it up on them. The shots, I mean, it might have been, you know, 40 to 22, and – by the way, I believe I said Harvard needed 23 shots to win last <laughs> week's po- on last week's pod, so I, sta- I stand by one that. Short. They were one short, and they'd have had that win probably, wow. but I don't know. Yeah, big shout-out to Harvard's goaltender, Mitchell Gibson. He had an absolutely stellar yeah, he game. Did. He was yeah, crazy. He he, well. That game easily could have been six rip. Yeah, no, he kept him in it. We were, I remember we were saying that at the time, like, Gibson is keeping him in this game. Even when it was three to nothing, Yeah, he was the only person – keeping it in this game and honestly this was probably one of the best fan reactions too we had one guy out mm. there we heard him on tv he, he was chirping what was it 19 yeah 19 and it was kind of cool because 19 actually blew the game for harvard 
not maybe not blew it, but he had a pretty wide open net and he kind of just whiffed on it. Yep. A couple times right at the end. Yeah. He was yeah. sitting right down and right in the old uh, Spenny Meyer spot and just he literally whiffed on the puck twice. I don't know. It was so sad because there was a wide open net there. McKay was just, I don't know if he was sleeping or saying a prayer on the other side <laughs> of the crease, but he was doing something and boom, Harvard had a chance to make that one go into OT and it didn't quite work. It's kind of sad. We did probably expect Mankato to win and, you know, make it a little ways here. It would have been cool to see a Harvard upset, though. I was really, really yeah. cheering for him. I erupted from my seat on that third goal from Harvard. So, I don't know. Shout out to Harvard, though. They played They played hard. They just didn't quite get going fast enough to stick with Mankato. And I honestly thought if Harvard needed to score first in order to keep up with them, and they didn't. So, credit to them. Ryan, what game did we watch after that? Uh, the second game was Duluth playing Michigan Tech. It was a pretty good game. It was close. I think it was the most boring game yeah, of the Yeah, I mean, weekend. it was close for the first two periods. It was one nothing, and then Duluth was able to score a few more. But I think the main reason why Duluth played well this game was because of Ryan Fante. Michigan Tech actually had 28 shots to Duluth's 25, so it was a good game for him. And, and Brian Hallinan over there on Michigan Tech got ejected yeah. three yeah. minutes into the game. And the, he's one, one of the top goal scorers, you know, leaders of that team, and he, it's so sad to see him get out like that. Just last game of the year, boom, you're yeah. done. Just way to end it. And it's too bad. It was kind of a kind of a weak call. Yeah, that was bullshit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And it could have been a different game if he stayed yeah. in there. And um, that second goal for for Duluth. I mean, way to whiff it for the Michigan. I don't even know who whiffed it on Michigan mm. Tech, but boom, it, it was just from one zero to two zero right there. That's terrible. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think you know the story of this tournament and. We've been talking about it for a long time as just the play of Ryan Fanti. And, you know, when he shuts out games, they're going to go far every single time. And they, obviously, Fanti, I think North Dakota, they rode the shoulders of Fanti a long way, and they look way better when he can get a shutout. Um, but, yeah, Ryan Fanti's been playing really good. And, you know, I mean, if you're getting a shutout every game, I mean, it makes sense you're going to win. Yeah, I mean, he had, what, a three-game shutout streak yep. after this point. game? Yeah. And against some good teams too. Yeah. Yep. It was they they won the NCAC tournament off his back basically. So, and he just kept it rolling here in the NCAA tournament. I would not have expected a shutout against Michigan Tech. I did. I picked Michigan Tech. I'm pretty sure in this game too. So I was really really good at picking uh, on this day. So. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, I don't know. This game was just kind of kind of boring. I don't know. Yeah. And I just hate it. I don't. I think this game. I mean, any regional site. I hate this. If you watch the games, the only pack game was Michigan and Quinnipiac, yep. and Denver versus uh, versus Duluth. Just because there's the, basically two home teams. Yeah, exactly. There needs to be home teams in this. Yeah. I think one seed should just host if that's possible at their home arenas. They need to host because it would just be a, such a better atmosphere every game. Yeah, it would just be way better. It's just so sad to see all those empty stands for an NCAA tournament. I mean, I don't know what other tournament you watch where it's just basically almost empty unless there's a close home team yeah just kind of sad to see uh, and then we moved on to one of my probably best picks of the weekend Notre Dame versus North Dakota what a what a game this was honestly we were at b-dubs I had my Notre Dame jersey on I was cheering it up with the old guy he was drinking wine at the bar he was unbelievable we were getting b-dubs just wings wing wings out of my ears <laughs> and North Dakota scored first and I was like oh I better just keep eating because this game is not going to go very well but then what happened Ryan or Ryan. North Dakota, or I mean Notre Dame, kept storming back. They tied it up. 
And then last few seconds of the game, North Dakota was actually on the power play. And here comes Notre Dame storming back, shorthanded. And we all thought it was a goal because the green light did not turn on. Yeah. But yeah. apparently they're, they had a different shot clock yeah. or This game was probably clock. the most controversial yeah. game of the weekend just in any aspect. Yeah. The way that, you know, I guess the clock, the main scoreboard clock time had run out by, you know, half a second maybe. But then the TV clock and somehow the green light at the rink, the green light and the like ESPN's clock were somehow synced. Yeah. Like th- those two were synced somehow. By the exact same time, because when the zeros hit on ESPN's clock, the green light at the rink turned on, and I guess there maybe was a delay or something with the light going on, but yep. just the way everything, it was so weird because there had been like .3 seconds before the goal went in before the green light turned on and ESPN showed zero on their screen, so that was just really, really weird. Yeah, that was odd, and you know they showed that first play clock on there and it showed no goal by yeah, it was you a, know, a minute or a second and a half, two seconds. It was a long time it felt like, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, they started they took a long time to look at it and then when they started incorporating ESPN's clock and the green light, I'm like, Oh, that should be a goal then. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah. So I don't know how the clots got mixed up there. That was really weird. That was I thought, you know, Notre Dame's gonna get screwed out of this. Yeah. Um on that call, but you know, it ended up being fine for them in the end. But yeah, that was that was probably the weirdest moment in this tournament, I would say. I know. I was I thought for sure it was gonna be a good goal, just with the fact with the light. I mean yeah. what's what else is the light supposed to show except when boom, you know, if the right. green light go. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. But then yeah, Graham Slag Graham Slaggart finishes it with a rocket snipe boom, on the power play. play in overtime. And thankfully, I don't know, it would just felt bad if Notre Dame got robbed like that. Yeah, that yeah. It would have been that would have been so mad. Classic I think a lot North of people Dakota. it would have been a classic North Dakota moment. It just felt like if you if you don't like them. And man, that was just an electric finish. Probably one of the most electric finishes yeah. on the weekend, honestly. Yeah, all I hope is I hope Brad Barry and his little North Dakota buddies had a nice peaceful ride home on your trains. <laughs> you think they took you think they built like a little track on uh where where was this? Oh, in Albany. Yeah. I mean, they could have just ripped one down to what 94 real quick or something and just Probably rode could. that. Yeah. Ride that all the way back. Just go straight south and boom, you'll hit it at some point. Yeah, I'm sure Brad Barry had to stop to get some food multiple times though, so that probably slowed him <laughs> down. Yeah. I'm surprised there weren't more North Dakota fans. There. I know, no, yeah. I thought there'd be a ton. I no, mean, that, there was the no place. green hardly at all in that stadium. They knew That's they were going to lose to the better Notre Dame. Yeah, the ND. two NDs. So, Notre Dame, Notre Dame walked away on Friday. And the, we go to the last game on the slate Friday night, UMass Lowell and Denver. Denver should have definitely, I mean, it was in Loveland, Colorado. Which I thought it was going to be a way more packed stadium than it was. There was there was quite a few fans there. Um, and this game was also a lot closer than I actually kind of thought possible, the way UMass Lowell has been playing recently. I don't know. Yeah, this game was for sure a lot closer than we all would anticipate. And I think... Uh, one main reason why it was not very mm-hmm. good for him is because Magnus Corona. Yeah. Uh, 16, uh, I mean, 18 shots, two goals allowed, not good at all. Well, I think he allowed one in like the, within the first four for sure. Yeah. Yep. And that's just bad. Against UMass Lowell. Yeah. I know, I I think I predicted UMass the upset in this game just for the fact that Croner Boner. I think we, uh, we both did, yeah. Yeah, I just thought that, you know, they let up a couple shots and – you know, they're not going to be able to come back from it. But Denver's, you know, speed was able to outmatch UMass's. But, yeah, this game was – I had a feeling this game was going to be close. 
UMass's jerseys look sick. Yeah, great game. color matchup, like I said. Dude, I love that color. Uh, but yeah, that was that was pretty good. That was a pretty good matchup. It was a good test for Denver because they definitely needed they definitely needed something going into that Nets round. Yeah, I mean, knowing at this point that they'd have to play Duluth, that was hot. Having allowed a goal in 200 and some minutes. 210 minutes. At that point, yeah, it was like, you know, they, they needed something. So, and that, that last call by Cameron Wright, did you guys see this unreal tip? Yeah. He had it, yeah. just his one, one hand on the stick, just put it right out, somehow filters right through right through the pads of yeah, uh, who, who's in that? Oh, Owen oh, Savory, Boom. unreal! Could make the save that time. He he did he did not make that save, which is just I mean, just the the hand eye coordination right there, and just being able to deflect that puck in right. That was just that was so sick. Yeah, that was just unbelievable. I think best goal of the tournament so far, without a doubt. And yeah, congrats to Denver for getting past uh, UMass Lowell. Yeah, and like we said, Corona, I still think is the big what if. Yep. If Denver can continue to keep moving on. So that's one thing to look out for. And I immediately once you, I saw you, I don't think I saw the first UMass Lowell goal like live, but I was like, are you kidding? Corona lot went in this fast. I was like, not going to be a good look tonight. So I don't know. Kind of sus. And then uh, next morning, I guess, you know, this was another game we didn't think was maybe going to be as close as it no. really was. Northeastern taking on Western Michigan. I mean, Western was able to put one on, you know, not – it was just over halfway through the first. But this we thought Northeastern, they were just kind of hanging around for a little while. It was a pretty back-and-forth game, though. It was really fast to start out. Yeah. It was just boom, 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 maybe a, get a shot. A lot of hits. There was not many – not much offensive zone possession at one point. You know, like you'd get into your zone and maybe get a shot off, and then it would come back the other way. But – then we saw Northeastern, they had a couple moments throughout the game, and one of them was late in the third. But they were buzzing, I think, even in the second for a while. Yeah, this was an absolutely electric game. It was 1-1, and then they had to go to overtime, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But for Western Michigan, this game was way too close for comfort. Northeastern, or after the first period, Northeastern just started ripping, and they had, they had a ton of pressure, and, yeah, they were able to score one late in the third to extend it to overtime right and I think that you know I think we came into the mindset of the NCAA tournament at least I did at least that you match up some of these teams in better conferences like the NCHC and you know you think they should just dominate every other team and within those other conferences even if they're good or not but I think it I mean it takes a big toll on these players I think if you don't have a whole lot of film on these people you're very unfamiliar opponents and Western Michigan is in a pretty you know, pretty physical, like, pretty physical conference in the NCHC. Uh, but I think they rely a lot on their speed, too. And Northeastern just punched them in the mouth numerous times, a lot of floor chats. But, yeah, I, this one was way too close for comfort for, you know, my Western Michigan team to make it through. But the attendance was good. Yeah, 6,000 there, huh? Yeah. I feel like just the play style of the NCHC compared to a lot of other conferences is just is just totally different. It's all, It's a... A little slower paced and harder hitting. That's what Western was all year. I mean, we saw that a number of times. I th- I don't know when it was, but I, you know, looked at the shots on goal, and they were winning games with low to mid twenty shots, just you know, over a long period, while they were shutting the other team down on defense a little bit. And I think that kind of goes the same. Maybe Quinnipiac, you know, just a very defensive team. They were winning a lot of games, one o, two o, two one, 
And now when they're playing these harder, fast-paced conferences, such as a Big Ten team or even you know, a Hockey East team here like Northeastern, this game was just fast-paced. I haven't seen Western play a fast-paced game like this at any point this year that I remember. It was just flying back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, yeah, this game ended up going into overtime. We saw, who was it, Chupani munching a glizzy <laughs> in intermission there. I thought for sure he was just going to come out firing if the boys were munching some little wieners in the back. Maybe Western Michigan poisoned them. They might have poisoned the wieners. They might be food poisoning there. I'm not sure. That's something they could look into to, uh, I don't know, maybe get back in this tournament somehow. But And then that overtime game-winning goal for Western, that was one that we thought Levi made an outstanding save there because he kind of flubbed. He went behind the net and tried to shoot up the boards, and it was Luke Granger. He got the puck, kind of stuck it right in his shoulder, and he dropped it and went for a little wraparound. And before the replay, we thought that Levi got there. I mean, I guess the refs did too, but... Upon review, I guess it did cross the line by just a little bit before he kind of kicked it out. And he made another crazy save after that, too. Yeah. He was like, I don't know, his legs were up, and he was looking like he was skydiving or something, but he just somehow stopped the puck. And he played crazy today, or that on, on Saturday there, Friday. Jeez. I, mean, <laughs> I must have hit a poison glizzy, too. I don't know. Yeah, shout out to Devin Levi. It was a hell of a performance by him, even though he lost. It was an absolutely gutsy performance, and uh, too bad he made a little mistake. In overtime, which led to a goal, but still, yeah. uh, congrats. Yeah, I mean, he played coming off his Hockey East tournament, little kind of fallout there where he had, like, a ton of goals. This was a great way to see him rebound off that, and he's only – he's so young. He's going to have a lot of time to improve, which is kind of hard to do when he's already a beast. So, yeah, what a, what a beast guy. And Bussy played all right as well, but uh, not the next game. Next game. Wow, what a great matchup here. Western Mich- or geez, Michigan, another Michigan team, back-to-back, taking on AIC. Mm. Ryan, what did you guys think? Both Ryans. Um, well, AIC actually outshot Michigan. but they didn't play bad, yeah. No, I mean, after the first two goals by Michigan in the first uh, about eight minutes, I'm like, oh, here we go. Michigan's going to win by about eight. But AIC did score a few more to make it interesting, but... Um, like we all expected, Michigan got the dub. Yeah, this was kind of an interesting one because, like you said, AAC actually outshot Michigan, and Michigan is a team that is known in that Big Ten to be a very high-scoring team. And I think we saw that for a majority of this uh, tournament so far, and we'll get into the next one. But, yeah, I think Portillo played pretty well. Yeah. Um, being able to watch him under a microscope a little bit more uh, he's definitely definitely up there and, you know, some of the best goalies within that conference, if not the best goalie in that conference in the Big Ten. But, yeah, I think Michigan looked really well here. AIC put up a fight, and, yeah, they had a lot more physicality than I thought they would. I thought maybe AIC, for some reason, if we just get a weird Michigan loss like we've had all year, then maybe they could pull off an upset, but that's a hard matchup against a number one seed in Michigan. Yeah, I mean, you just need to kind of pull off a miracle somehow. I mean, they played really well, especially as the game went on. Yeah. It felt like Michigan was just kind of giving them more and more chances and offensive fight. I mean, with 12 shots for AIC in the third, Michigan only had five. I mean, you could notice that in the gameplay, too. AIC was having the pressure, you know, the second half of that whole game. And they just felt like they could have maybe they had a couple more lucky bounces, you know, made this one tied and maybe somehow ended up with a crazy overtime win. But... It's just not quite the way it worked out for them, and I don't know. AIC, you know, this is a team. They have like, they're one of the they're one of the older teams. Are they not the oldest? They're not the oldest 
They're they're one of the really oldest though, because they mm-hmm. had like eleven seniors, eleven or twelve seniors. I can make a prediction right now. We're not going to see them in the NCAA tournament next year. I think somebody else. Air Force. May, RIT. I don't know. Any some someone else from the Atlantic Hockey Division will be in this tournament. Yeah. And it's just these guys have been there forever, and they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna have quite the offensive power and just. Anything they're going to need next year. So, we'll see. ASC could still get some great recruits in. Transfer portal, I don't know. But let's keep her keep her rolling here. Third game of the day, UMass and Minnesota. This 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 game kind of got off the rockers right away for uh, Minnesota, didn't it? Yeah, this game led up to all the hype. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, UMass was actually up 3-1 to one at, at one point early in the second period. And then I think it was a big choke from UMass. They just blew it uh ben myers ended up scoring the overtime winner which is absolutely great for a guy like ben myers good guy yeah need, he needs it for the the old hobie baker gets him a little juice yeah this oh this one i thought umass did definitely make a run against a minnesota team that you know has kind of been up and down within the big 10 the whole the whole year but oh drop drop the mouse um see ya Mouse is loose. Uh, no, I lost my train of thought. I think, man, I think, like you said, Ryan, I think UMass totally, you know, screwed the pooch on this, and especially when it came down to the third period where they had there wasn't a whole lot of penalties in this game. Then it came down to um, a couple interference calls, which Minnesota capitalized in the third yeah. period to tie it up. Um, I think if one of the, if those interference calls didn't happen, I think we could have seen UMass with a dub here, but. Yeah, I don't know. Minnesota just plays really good down the stretch, and it showed in that game for sure. Yeah, and I mean, you know, even UMass in the first period when they had that 2-0 lead, the first goal they scored was on the with the extra attacker out with a delayed penalty call in Minnesota coming yep. up, and then they go ahead and score right on the power play right after. So, you know, if it wasn't for that, this could have been a 3-1 game or even more for Minnesota. I mean, close just had some you know bad breaks right there, and we thought, eh, maybe he just can't stand up in this big time you know space. Kind of like he did. I mean, I wouldn't say it's all his fault in the Big Ten championship game, but he didn't play his best. And he kind of kicked it back into gear, and Minnesota got the offense rolling a little bit towards the end of the game. And, yeah, Ben Myers just had an absolute laser in overtime. So it was – I wouldn't say I was surprised. I think I picked Minnesota. I wasn't surprised to see him win. I was just surprised to see him win in the way they won, being that gritty to come back. Yeah. Because I don't think I'd have predicted him to come back, you know – late in the third and second period to score a couple of those goals that they did and then just kind of just kind of grind it out in overtime a little bit but yeah this Minnesota team I don't know we were kind of big 10 we just weren't high on them and look at where they are winning these first round games yeah talking about how UMass scored their first two goals I I really do not like this rule in college hockey where if there's a delayed penalty and the team scores on it they are still given the power play chance I just don't really think it makes sense. I think it should be like in the NHL where if you score a goal with the extra attacker, it should just be no no power play. But another thing in this game that stood out to me is how low shots there were. It was just 24 to 23 in favor of Minnesota. I think it just shows how, how even matched these teams really were. Yeah, no, this was a very even match game. And I think we said this last week. This is probably our favorite matchup that we had going into the weekend. So this was this was just a really, really fun game to watch. And then we move into our last game of the first round, Friday night, St. Cloud State 
versus Quinnipiac. And this was another close one-goal game as well. Maybe not in the way we thought it was going to happen, though. Nope. Yeah, it was a great game. Quinnipiac got out to the early 2-0 league lead. And uh, just gutsy, gutsy playing by St. Cloud got him back in it. And then they tied it up again. And unfortunately, Jackson Caster couldn't stop enough of them. And, yeah, Quinnipiac was able to move on. I think uh, it was just hard to see David Runnick sit on the bench Fifth-year senior, last game ever, and he just wasn't able to play because he had pneumonia. But, I mean, Jackson Caster didn't play his best, but still you can't blame it all on him. He really didn't play much at all. Yeah, this was a game watching it that, you know, after the first period, period Quinnipiac's up 2-0 going into St. Cloud's worst period mm-hmm. of the whole entire year. Our second period had been horrible. But then we scored three goals within that period, and... You know, it's a tie game, 3-3. And there's a lot of higher scoring than I thought it was going to be for just how good Quinnipiac's defense was rated all year long. And St. Cloud really peppered the net, and they were able to get, you know, they were able to get four goals, which was nice. But, yeah, this St. Cloud team, you know, it really sucked that Castro was put into that situation. I think with David Rennick, I St. Cloud definitely wins this game, and I think they win this game by two goals because mm-hmm. yeah. a couple of them were... A couple of those goals were on Caster, but I mean, you can't blame the dude. How many games did he play this year? He he's played in a <sighs> lot of time. like yeah. I mean, I'd say three or four. Yeah, and he's getting thrown into these tournament games, and David Reddit has a lot of experience within the tournament. No pressure on him for him to get in there, but it was just bad timing with that. But Saint Cloud team was kind of going into this game on like a pretty decent losing streak. They weren't playing their best hockey, and they looked very very well in this game. Looked aggressive. I think if St. Cloud would have won this game, I could say pretty confidently that I think that they could make a run beating this Frozen Four, I think. Yeah, I mean, I th- I feel like Saint coming into this game, there was two things St. Cloud needed to work on. That was probably, at least we, since we saw in the NCAC tournament, that was face-offs and not taking penalties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they didn't take a single penalty all game, which is something I don't remember the last time that's happened for St. Cloud State, yeah, and that was effort. huge for them. Not to give up any power play chances, that Quinnipiac team. The faceoffs they didn't do quite as well as twenty-eight to forty. They lost them. I mean, they still won some critical ones, especially towards the end of the game. Uh, but their offense put up four against the best, well, statistically the best goalie, basically in the whole NCAA, in Yana Peretz. That was the most goals Quinnipiac has given up in a game all season up until that point. Let's just say. Um, so I thought, yeah, St. Cloud's offense, they did exactly what they needed to do. Yep. I feel like, yeah, if, if David Rennick so sad that he couldn't be in his basically last game of his college career, this that would have been huge for him. They definitely could have made a run. I mean, St. Cloud had 17 shots in the second period, a period that they've done terrible in. And yeah. Quinnipiac had, had four, they let up one. Quinnipiac had seven in the first, they let up two. Quinnipiac had five in the third, and they let up two as well. It's just there were so many of these uh, po- shots just from the blue line, basically, that somehow squeaked their way in. <laughs> just lucky. I don't know whether it was over Caster's shoulder or just hit off something and went in. It's like they didn't really have the best offensive chances like St. Cloud did, you know, down towards the blue paint. Just trying to, I mean, that Sam Hench's goal was just a grease pan goal. He just, he just whipped it right around, down right in front of Peretz and just stuck it in. And it didn't seem like Quinnipiac had that. They did against Michigan the next game, but I don't know. This is a game that probably St. Cloud... If they'd had a starting goalie, they know they they think they would have won probably, and they wish they could have it back. 
And I'm sure Caster does too. I mean, I'm sure the nerves got to him a little bit being on this big of a stage. Sure. He's never played on anything like this in his life. I mean, the NCHC tournament's one thing, but that's at home. It's, you know, nothing exactly new. This is just something that he's never dealt with before. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a junior. He just he's had no experience with this. And like we said, he played, you know, a handful of games all year. So he probably he didn't play how he wanted to, and he knows that, I'm sure. And that's probably a little bit of why St. Cloud lost this game. But there's always next year. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I can't believe like the low amount of penalties in this game. Honestly, I know that I there was only there was that. only one penalty on Quinnipiac two minutes into the game, like especially the way St. Cloud was cooking there in the last you know two periods. I'm surprised Quinnipiac didn't take another one. I know. So, yeah, what a recap for the first round, all eight of those games, and then we head to the regional finals. Pump, pump, pump. First one on Saturday. Minnesota Duluth taking on Denver in their Minnesota's hot streak with Ryan Fante. He did not quite hold up, though. I mean, they scored first. When Duluth scored first, I thought I was like, here we go again. Because Denver had some crazy chances in that first period that either just missed the net wide or somehow Fante stopped him. I don't know. That's nuts. Yeah, this is a great game. After, Like Nathan said, after Duluth scored first, I thought it was going to be a little smooth sailing for him, but... Fanti, I mean, uh, Croner was able to lock it down. Pretty solid game from him. Uh, 24 saves. And shout out to Ryan Fanti again. Uh, Denver actually had 34 shots, and he only allowed two goals, so it wasn't his fault at all. Uh, Duluth just wasn't able to get pucks in the back of the net. Yeah, but it comes down to it where it's you look at Duluth's team and they just ride on Fanti, and you know when he doesn't get a shout out, shutout, they lose the game, and that's just how it worked out. Yeah, Denver played. Denver definitely peppered him pretty good. He knew. He kind of knew eventually that shutout record was going to run out, and it was just, it was just perfect as a St. Cloud State fan for it yep. to be against an NCHC team like Denver. Uh, obviously, Denver has had a lot of success within these tournaments, but Duluth has had just as much, if not more. So, uh, it was good as a St. Cloud State fan to see Duluth go down, but you know. I think Denver is, you know, I was really surprised that there was no power play goals on this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I thought, almost three I thought goals. at first Gutman was, was, but I guess it was just a ripper anyway. Yeah. No, there's a lot of penalties, no power play goals. You know, I still think that Denver probably tried drugging Duluth out in Colorado again. We saw that. Just didn't, yeah. it's, it just, I don't know if it didn't kick in quite. Maybe it just didn't kick in until the third period or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, or maybe it just, so whoa, whoa, whoa. Duluth had two shots in the first period, and one of them went in. Tell me Kroner's not a sieve right now. Are you kidding? What do you mean? <laughs> Kroner boner. Two shots? Ah, whatever. That's I mean, Jackson Caster numbers. Yeah. It's, no kidding. It's a, just a little worse. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. But um, that Carter Savoy goal in the third period that was the game-winning goal for Denver was kind of – it was just a crazy bounce off the bat right behind oh, the boards yeah. in the back of the – Right off Fanti's little, I think it was his left leg pad or skate. That was he, he like did a little spin around, like we're, I don't know, he looked like Scooby Doo out there or something. And then Carter Savoy, I, I mean, he was right there on the other side. All he did was like he hit it and he, I think he almost fanned on it too, and it just kind of snuck right under Fanti. And it's kind of ironic that that's the way that Duluth goes out on a goal like that after how great Fanti's been this last little while. Yeah. But when it comes down to their offense, they just haven't been able to score. You know, it was 3-0 against Michigan Tech with an empty net goal, and it was 
3-0 against Western. I don't know if that was an empty net goal in the NCAC championship or not. I can't remember. Probably. But it's not like they've been, you know, scoring four or five goals a night in a long time. So they kind of lack that offensive fight that they just haven't really had in a while, it seems like. And Denver, Denver, this attendance seemed seemed a lot more than 4,800. It really did seem like there was a lot more people in there, but maybe the arena only holds about seven or eight. But talking about that Carter Savoy goal, that was an absolutely crazy way uh, to win the game for him. And pretty unfortunate for Ryan Fanti to let one up like that. But he's on to bigger and better things. Yeah, he is. And uh, so were we that day. Next coming up, we had what I thought, (sighs) my Notre Dame Fighting Irish versus Minnesota State. And... uh, this was just... This was a boring game. You think so? Yeah. Well, I, I think I was playing a different game during this game, too, but... Yeah, I didn't really watch this one too much. Um, This was just a... Just, I, who did I... Do you guys remember who I picked to score last week and who to light the lamp? I think it was Nathan Smith. I don't believe you. Pretty sure it was. <laughs> was that two weeks ago? No, it was. It was Nathan Smith. And boom. The only goal scored in this game, Nathan Smith. <clears throat> with like 16 seconds to go in the first period. So so that was just kind of disappointing to see Notre Dame go out like that. Couldn't even put one in the net. They did play – I thought they stood up really, really well against this Minnesota State team, though. I, You know, going into this year, Notre Dame, I did not think they were good at all. No. They, I was just kind of – I had a jersey from them, and that's kind of why I've been cheering for them all year. And now they had a chance for a trip to Boston in the Frozen Four. And I was just surprised to see how well they played against Minnesota. Um, McKay, he had some great saves because yeah, Notre Dame had some crazy chances, actually. There were some times where they had a couple of rippers that were ready to go in, just buzzing a raid around the net, and and McKay was just, boom, right there. Yeah, McKay played really well this game. I think that was the main reason, obviously, first period goal. They had to hold that the whole time, and McKay gets a shutout. And, yeah, down the stretch there, Notre Dame had quite a few n- nice shots that they were able to get on McKay, but... It was good goaltending the whole game, and yeah, Matej is definitely looking pretty decent. He's not as civvy as mm-hmm. we think he is, but I think the fact one of the big key reasons Notre Dame lost this game is the fact they went over three on the power play. Yeah, if you get power play chances like like that against a great great team that you know Minnesota State is, you just you gotta you gotta get those in the net, and uh, they just weren't able to. They had a couple close calls. They just weren't quite able to stick anything past McKay, and credit him. We'll see how he keeps going. I mean, they did only have 23 shots, but they had some great A opportunities, and we'll see how these boys keep rolling. I don't know. They're going to face a tough, tough Minnesota team because that's the first game on Sunday. Minnesota, Western Michigan. And, Ryan, I don't know, Ryan, Western fan over there, how did this game go compared to what you thought? I was really confused. I thought Western would be able to put up a pretty decent fight against the Minnesota team, but I don't know. Minnesota, I, you know, I'm biting the bullet on the things that I've said about them. They looked pretty decent. You know, shots were pretty even, but I think that goaltending was really good. Obviously, close. I think personally, close has had a couple questionable games throughout the year, especially against decent opponents. And Western Michigan, I think they just looked burnt out. Uh, they I going up against a Minnesota team like that, a high fast team. They weren't ready for it, and Bussy had, you know, 
he let up he let up three goals on 26 shots. So, yeah, I'm not sure. And there was not a whole lot of penalties in this game either. No. I think a lot of teams rely on that type of thing because Western Michigan had one penalty and uh, Minnesota was able to capitalize on that. Yeah. I feel like this, once again, just goes down to the different play styles between these two teams. Western with that big, heavy build, and Minnesota was just that speedy offense and quick transitions, and that's what killed them. Although, so Minnesota did go out first with Nice, quick, and then actually Western, if remember, he they scored. It just got called back because oh, yeah. it was just barely off sides. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember, remember who tried to make that pass back, but I don't know if it was added or what, but um, they, they almost tied it up one-to-one, and that could have changed the game. It probably did because there was actually a couple offside. There was a few offsides Western had where they had some great chances going into that Minnesota zone. I think they also had another, you know, two-on-one or something that got called off. That could have easily been a goal. And, yeah, this just did not go Western's way. I I feel like you're kind of right. I don't know if they were burnt out or they had something else going on recently because they did not play the greatest against Northeastern either. So they, they were just racking up, racking up opponents earlier this season and did not go either right i mean you can't say they absolutely killed northeastern which we probably thought they were gonna yeah i mean we didn't we didn't even pick that game because we thought it was gonna be a blowout but it did not end up being that way yeah i i would not have expected a 3-0 minnesota win here against western michigan a pretty good defensive team and team and they've been able to score a lot of goals all year uh shout out to justin close again he's keeping minnesota in this thing and he's just on a heck of a ride. No one would have expected him to be doing this, especially when they had Jack LaFontaine all year or half the year, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, that I really do think that offsides call really hurt them, hurt them, and that would obviously change the whole game. Yeah, you know, it's just like Jimmy Johnson winning that Daytona 500. <laughs> you know, if you blow a tire and don't get there at the end, it's just not going to work out for you. But, Thank you. yeah, no problem. Yeah, close. Nobody would have – he didn't even expect to probably play this year hardly, and look at where he is now leading his team to a Frozen Four. Next week, you know, we'll get a little bit more into the matchups and stuff that we're going to see, but this is going to be a battle of the goaltenders, I can already tell right there, in that Mankato and Minnesota matchup. Okay, boys, let's let's just – yeah, and just shout-out to Minnesota. What a shutout. Did not think that would have happened. Let's get into the very final game of the weekend here. We have Quinnipiac. Beating St. Cloud and Michigan, who beat AI Soy. I thought, I thought it could have been a little bit of a more blowout than it was, but I don't know. But yeah, uh, I I was I didn't even watch see the first goal from Old Moyle over there. I was in my room. We had the game on. I was making something from the three seconds. Yeah, I was making something from the previous game that was just on. I think on my little computer, and then boom, I hear the goal horn going off, and the guy screaming like what? And I was like, I knew it had to be Michigan. Yeah, just coming right out like that, and. They kind of they took it to them the first you know two pe- periods yeah period and a half of the yeah, first two and <clears throat> I was I being a St Cloud State fan I was cheering for Michigan up until Quinnipiac scored their third goal in the third period to make it a one goal game I was like yeah. okay I want to see all of these cocky Michigan fans at that stadium just just lose their nuts when Quinnipiac somehow comes back and wins it but yeah. that that would have been so funny. Yeah, this game was absolutely insane. After the first two periods, I think every single person thought it was just going to be a Michigan blowout because they were up 4 nothing. And then uh, about halfway through the third period, Quinnipiac was able to get their third one in, so it was 4-3. to three. 
Then they pulled their goalie with about five minutes left. Yeah, and the announcers hated that. Yeah, and unfortunately, Michigan got two empty nets, which which really doesn't happen very often. But I really did think Winnipeg was going to mount a comeback here. There's a lot of rattled Michigan players. Their goalie was flustered, and I really thought it could happen. Yeah, I'm really surprised with how good Quinnipiac's offense has been throughout, you know, the two games of the tournament. Obviously, with St. Cloud, they were going up against a backup goalie, but, you know, we were going against a Michigan team with Portillo, who's experienced on at net. I was really impressed with them, and for them, they bring it within a one-goal game. That's, that's pretty good against especially a very high-scoring Michigan team. But, yeah, Michigan just eventually rolled over once they pulled that goalie but yeah i don't know michigan's looking really good right now they're fired up they scored what what is it 12 goals on the weekend then yep just in two games yeah i just think it's actually crazy that quinnipiac was able to you know bring it back to within a goal at one point i mean they have so many teams they played all year they haven't scored more than two it seems like two or three and to put that many up on michigan within you know less than 10 minutes in a third period it was just nuts to see and I, the announcers were just ripping, like, I don't know what you're buzzing right now. Why would you pull your goal? It's like they did it with six minutes left against they need, Harvard. They need two goals here against Michigan. Yeah, they did it within, they did, you know, six minutes left in the third period against Harvard in the, uh, was the ECAC championship over there. And they scored and got it to overtime. It's not a bad move. I mean, half the time, if you pull your goalie with, say, two minutes left, you'll get maybe one, maybe two if you're lucky, you know, offensive zone chances. Right. Just by the time it takes to, you know, get something set up in there, and then if they clear it down and it doesn't go in or whatever and it doesn't quite get icing, and I don't know. So I, I, I do like to call, especially then when they pull them out again after they scored the first one. It's like, at this point, what do you have to lose? You're down by two with, like, you know, two minutes left. You might as well just keep them out. So and keep you, ne- you never know. But, yeah, so Michigan was able to once again pull one off and continue to roll, making it to their 26th. Frozen Four in program history, and Mel Pearson behind the bench there. He's he's kind of been a beast the last few years, just getting these young guys actually able to take some big opponents down and you know putting this club together. So that's pretty sick, actually. I don't know. Anything else about this this whole weekend you guys would like to add here? I uh, know. Overall, nothing. It was a very exciting weekend of college hockey, and I'm kind of sad that it's done. But at least we still have four more. I mean, four teams left to. See who wins in Boston. Yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed in the NCHC. Oh, I, I thought that they yeah. were, I thought they were. This is going to be the year that they're going to make a bunch of runs. We could see a whole ton of NCHC teams in there, but I guess not. The Big Ten looked more impressive, surprisingly. Yeah, but they, <laughs> that's too bad. Yeah, uh, then, Omaha would have been there. No, the yeah, 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 Omaha would have made it to the Frozen Four, dude. They would have pushed through everybody. No, I guess. You know, it's that time of the year. It's one weekend to go here. Let's get into our picks for the final three games of the season. Sad to say, we've come a long way. I know, like, all you thousands of viewers have been listening to us since basically the first weekend in October, and you're like, man, it's so sad. Like, what are they going to do? We'll still do something. Don't worry. We'll always be here. Uh, The points, though, man, 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 oh, man. Ryan Castle had such a great weekend. I think he only got, like, five out of six points last week. I tell you what. It's it's not Ryan Ryan Michelson needs a little little uh, jump this week. He had I think he had one or two. Got him here. Ryan K. Sixty four. That funny? Wait, what? Is just that, silence. Is it, or is it seventy four? I don't know. I had it. I had it. Might be the. I had him. 
I, I, I have the right last number right. It might be 74 instead of 64. I wrote this okay. down. I wrote this number four. You're at 62.5. So you're one, I know you're one and a half points down for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get these right now. What? I'm going to have to get these games right now. Do we want to make these worth more? I mean, we could. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just going to sure. pick the opposite of Ryan, so have the best chance. Yeah, I mean. He's going to pick splits, even though he can't. I think we have to make Ryan yeah. go first here if he's in the lead. Okay. Just to make That's it true. fair. Yeah, I think we kind of. You aren't in the lead yet, huh? You aren't <laughs> in the lead yet. How about if I go? If I get exactly everything right, I get like thir- fifteen points. Sure. <laughs> Give me a high five. I'll get. I have to get both first games right, first both semifinals and the championship. Right. And it's an automatic win. I think you should get the goal margin right mm-hmm. in order for it to be fifteen oh, points. Jesus. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. So basically, Ryan, Ryan K, you're in the lead. Uh, let's talk about the first game on the slate here. Little Michigan and Denver. Now, this is going to be, I, I don't know, I I think both these games are going to be really good. I think this this game has the biggest potential of a blowout if that would happen compared to Minnesota-Mankato. What do you guys think? I don't know. Yeah, this is going to be a great game. Michigan, high-flying offense, and Denver can fly as well. I think they have some great goaltenders or goal, goal scorers that can keep up with the high-powered play of Michigan. Yeah, this is gonna be really close, and I'm gonna kind of do some little matchup, oh, yeah. you know, comparison here oh, from yeah. College Hockey News, our source for everything, pretty much. We love CHN. Uh, obviously, the records are pretty close together: 31-9 and one for Michigan, and then 29-9 and one for Denver. Uh, the pairwise record is pretty similar. Uh, goals are pretty similar: 165 for Michigan, 167 for Denver. Goals against, 91 for Michigan, 90 for Denver. Wow. Really close there. Power play, Michigan has a little bit of an edge by 2% okay. for 26. Penalty kill is a little bit better as well. Really? Um, but, yeah, I think the deciding factor for this game is, obviously, Michigan's going to pepper the net. It's just how Croner can do. Croner! It's going to be – Croner's going to have to have the game of his life. Yep. And, I mean, Croner has been – in these – in these playoffs, he's been playing a lot better than I thought. I thought Denver could have gotten rocked one round mm-hmm. and bumped out, but he's going to have to hold it here now because Michigan has proven that they are a great, powerful offensive team. I really don't think Denver's had to see a crazy offense so far in the tournament. They played UMass Lowell and then uh, Duluth, both of which I don't think, especially of late for UMass Lowell, haven't hasn't had the best you know offensive craziness like they had earlier this season. Even Duluth, they've only had – marginal goals in their games where they got, you know, where Fanti obviously held them to right. shut, shutouts, but they never really went off in any game. So I think in this game, I just, I, I don't know if Michigan's high flying offense and even defense, when you look at Owen Power and the other guys, you know, they're able to just zoom right up the ice. They can start some offense themselves. They don't need, you know, a forward to do it for them. I just don't know if Denver can really hold up to that. You know, a lot of, you see it in the whole NCHC. It's a, maybe a little bit slower paced, harder hitting, more physical than especially the Big Ten schools. And so far, the Big Ten strategy of play has been really working out for them. Two in the, you know, Frozen Four, almost three. If Notre Dame could have somehow knocked off Mankato, it would have been three out of four for them. Uh, so, I, so three guys are going to have to step up. Three of their big guys for Denver are going to have to step up. Actually, four if you count Kroner. Bobby Brink, Cole Gutman, Carter Savoy. Those guys need to put some goals in the net. They've been doing it all year. And it's going to be time to shine for them if they can actually get the job done. Yeah, I think it could go the other way too. Denver, their physical play could really sh- shut down Michigan. Michigan doesn't really play a whole lot of physical teams. Their Big Ten is more high flying. And okay, I-, I think if Denver can score three goals on them or keep Michigan to three goals, actually, I think they could easily win it. 
And, yeah, I just hope Denver's physical play can match Michigan's speed. Yeah, and they're going to have to do what they did kind of in the last game against Duluth. They're going to have to hold them um, to under their shots because Michigan obviously is going to be throwing up shots left and right. That's what they're known for is their big rates. But if they can hold them to, you know, under 30 shots somehow, that would I think that would really, really help because it depends if Kroner's a sieve or not that night. But I think that it's very important for them to do that, not only their defense on the net, but their defense on the ice too. So I think that'll be really interesting to watch. Michigan, we had a lot of questions about them all season, and now they're really starting to show it. So really can't talk any smack about Michigan right now because – like Nathan probably will say, this is Michigan's tournament to lose, I think. It, no, it definitely is. We saw some of those stats today. They have 13, is it 13 or 11 draft picks? 13. 13. And <clears throat> it was how many of those are in the top five? Like uh, over a handful. Yeah, so, yeah I think like ridiculous. It, it's, it's, this roster is so stacked. It is their chance to actually show they can, you know, put something together here and win. And I'm just going to say right now, I'm looking at a stat sheet defenseman Owen Power scored less goals than defenseman Spencer Meyer this year. Just throwing that out there. He's, he's at three. Spencer scored six. So, uh, shout out Spencer Meyer. And, like I was mentioned before, you know, eight guys on this Michigan team have scored double-digit goals this season, and two in the top four are defensemen. So, anybody on this team is going to be able to just move the puck quick, and Denver is going to have to keep up with it. I don't know. And I'm interested to see what the fans are going to be like here. I feel like Michigan is going to have a ton. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Denver, I don't see a lot of them going out there. Compared to Michigan, it's half. I mean, from what? From there, it's how close? It's with. It's probably a. Sh- well, it's definitely a short flight, but even the drive, probably not that bad. And, you know, I don't know. Cato is far away, too. Michigan could kind of have the advantage here when it comes to turnout. Yeah, I think so. Although, you're going to see a lot of Minnesota fans there. Gophers and, you know, Mankato fans, they'll sure. probably turn out pretty hard. I just don't know about Denver. I think this game, this game, the matchup in this game is just really, really interesting to me, and I'm excited to see where it goes because I really don't know otherwise. Yeah, like Nathan was saying, Michigan's been the most hyped-up team all year. They've had, they have all the draft picks, they have all the high-end players, and it'll just be interesting to see if they can actually pull it off. Now, it'd be uh, obviously it'd be a great season for them, winning the Big Ten championship, and then possibly going on to win the whole thing. Yeah, those kids we saw. And, and uh, Mariucci would be crying if they lose. Just absolutely. Their dad will be crying probably. And then he's just, the whole family might just end up just, I don't even know. Yeah, and they, they won't even be crying. They'll just be, you know, they'll just leave. Yeah. So that's what they do at Mariucci. They just leave. So, well, that's going to be, it's going to be a fun 5 o'clock Eastern game. 4 p.m. Central time. Is that is that what it was last year? I think it was like it must have been like 4:30, but yeah, pretty, it was about that. Pretty time. sure I walked into PPG Paints Arena just absolutely blitzed, ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy though. I don't know. I'm excited next year, Tampa Bay. Yep. In Tampa Bay, Ryan. Uh, both Ryan's going, right, Ryan? Yep. Yeah. Carl. Carl. Let's talk about Carl actually real quick before we move on here. He's going to be in Boston. Everybody, go say hi to Carl. Go give him a hug. Helmet guy 69. Do you think he's going to have his helmet? Oh, uh, no. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think he Carl. loves that thing. He could I think that could be a bet, betting line right there. <laughs> yeah. Helmet, no helmet. I think it would probably be a favorite. He brought his helmet. That's I, think, a, I would probably bet on that. I think it will be favorite. Remember last year when uh, one of our buddies, Josh, had to 
bring Carl's helmet. Well, down. But, but then he, 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 somebody else brought it, I think. Oh, yeah, because he didn't want someone to break it. Yeah, we had a pretty full car. Pro- I probably wouldn't have trusted it with us either, but... Uh, the real question is, how many goals is Maddie Beniers going to score? Zero. Really? <laughs> yeah, Beniers sucks. Oh. I mean, that's true. It's just funny. We were looking... So just looking at the stat sheet, it's absolutely unreal compared to... Where were we looking, where were we looking at St. Lawrence? The other day, and their top oh, goal yeah. score had like eight. Yeah, Yikes. <laughs> they had like eight goals. They just spread the puck around, though. They they did. Yeah. And I mean, they probably have eight people that have eight goals. I'm I'm gonna look this up real quick because honestly, it was pretty funny. We were just looking at their their stats, and it was like, oh my god, yeah, their top goal scores eight. Justin Paul, beast. Oh wait, oh wait, oh never mind. I think it's, it is Justin Paul. Yes, with eight, tied with Max Dorrington. They do not spread the puck around that much, Ryan. They just they scored seventy two goals on the season. <laughs> Oof. Compared to Michigan, you know what Michigan scored in the season? One hundred and sixty three. One hundred and sixty five. Oh, you were too off. That was actually nuts. So <laughs> that's too bad. St. Lawrence, you'll get them next year. Trust me. Uh, moving on to the night matchup. I think's probably the game Should of the night. We make our picks for that one or no? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess so. Okay, Ryan, what are you going to do? Okay, for this one, Michigan-Denver, I'm going to have to go with Denver. I think their physical play is going to lead them to victory. Kroner is going to have a good game. It's going to be fun to watch. Okay, I think I'll make mine in the middle here. I'm going to I'm gonna go Michigan. I'll be cheering for Denver, but I'm going to pick Michigan. I just think that's the way it's going to go. I will be cheering for Denver in the game. Yeah, then I think that Ryan pitch makes it easier for me. I'm going to go with Michigan. <laughs> I think that they're just, you know – I've been really impressed with them. They're known for blowing out opponents, and Denver stays in close games. So if Michigan can somehow get early lead and you know get a two-goal lead on Denver, I think it's going to be hard for them to come back, even with their physical play. But, yeah, I'm going to go Michigan. Man, one thing I want to mention here, like we saw in the Big Ten Championship, Michigan's ability to score on the power play and just spread out that lead is going to be huge. I, they're guaranteed going to have some power plays against Denver. Yeah. It's just going to happen. The, the way they skate, how fast they can move up and down the ice. Denver's penalty kill is going to need to step up big time because it was what? Did they score two power play goals back-to-back in Mariucci? I know because yeah, it, so. it, it was two to one, and then I think they got a power play goal at the end of the first. And then I'm not, I can't remember if that four to one was a power play goal or not, but it, it, they scored one for sure and just allowed them to separate that lead and made it feel like, you know, Minnesota was just out of the game almost at some point, even though they right. did come back within the last minute. But it just it changes the game when you can get that, you know, extra extra point lead out there. And then we have Minnesota State Mankato. Last year's Frozen Four, the only returning Frozen Four member from last year, taking on go, 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 you go fur back again. <laughs> <laughs> How's that on the mic? Oh, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is the all-time Minnesota matchup right here. It might not be all-time, but it's going to be a Minnesota matchup. I think I think a better Minnesota matchup could only be like St. Cloud Duluth. Yeah, or Minnesota and Duluth. Yeah, I just had St. Cloud in there because they're disappointing. Yeah, it's, um, right. it's okay, Spencer. Game two of the night. Ryan, what do you think about this one? Or other Ryan? Uh, this is going to be a solid matchup, obviously. Two Minnesota teams going at it. I think this is going to be a very close game, and it all depends on... I think it's going to be like a game where there are going to be a few penalties, going to be chippy, and whoever can capitalize on power plays is going to win the game. Yeah, you know, the Michigan-Denver matchup was a lot closer down the board than this one is. 
obviously you got to take into consideration the two conferences that these teams are in. But I'll do my little uh, comparison here. Minnesota State obviously ended the season 37 and five. That's their total record right now. And then Minnesota 26 and 12. Mankato pretty much blew away their whole conference. It's just how it was until down to the end a little bit. But then Minnesota was fighting for theirs. Um, goals, Minnesota State has quite a bit edge, 172 to 137 uh, for Minnesota. Uh, goals against, Minnesota State 54, Minnesota 86. And then the penalty, our power play for Mankato was 5% better at 26%, but their power penalty kills are pretty, very, pretty similar. One big stat that stands out to me is that Mankato... Their average age is almost a full year and a half more than Minnesota's is. So, so they have experience. We might see some walkers out on the ice, what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. They're not quite as old as Easton, though. No. And, you know, this this matchup reminds me of um, Minnesota State and St. Cloud last year in the Frozen Four just for the fact that it was the battle of the bald coaches <laughs> uh, with, with you know, Mike Hastings and uh, – Bob Motzko. Well, this year, yeah, but last year, oh, Brett, yeah, Larson. Brett Larson. Brett Larson won the shiny head contest. Oh yeah. Bob Motzko is basically bald. He's got a little bit of fuzz on the sides, but he's basically just just clean on top. So I think this game comes down to maybe whoever has the best shaved head going into this one. Um, maybe it's the players who do that too instead of growing it out. You know, they grow sure. bald playoff beards and stuff. Maybe if they had to just all shave their heads, yeah. you'd take this one, because, <laughs> um, never mind. <laughs> but uh. Ryan, Ryan might have thought I knew where that was going, but that, no. But Brett Larson, Brett Larson obviously dogged him last year. I think Mike Hastings has the better bald head, so we'll see where that goes. But um, yeah, these when's the last time these teams even played each other? I don't even know. Probably like five years ago. It had to be in one of the Mariucci Classics, I think. Probably. Yeah. I don't know because I don't think they played last year. No. And they haven't played this year. Um, once again, I think this is going to come down to special teams. I don't know why. It's just because these teams are also good. They're going to be close. And it's speaking of close, it's going to come down to Justin Close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the biggest game he's ever played in his life. At, at this point, he expected to be maybe on the bench, uh, you know, about six months ago. So it's going to be his time to shine. He he let he let the sunlight come down a little too hard on his photosynthesized wings <laughs> at the Mariucci during the Big Ten championship game. He didn't, he didn't quite he didn't quite sprout like the flower we wanted to see. Oh my god. So <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna be up to him. Because obviously on the other side of the ice you got Dryden McKay, who's the all time Dryden Siv McKay. We'll see. One of the all time beastiest guys. So I don't know. Once again, the big guy's gotta step up here. Ben Meyer's gonna come on for Minnesota. Nate Smith on the other side. You know, it's it's who's gonna be the guy right here to step it up, or is it gonna be some fourth liner who nobody's ever heard of you know or is will hammer yeah exactly or is uh you know adam sandler gonna come in off the bench and just like start <laughs> railing kids i don't know <laughs> it's the longest yard it's the longest puck i don't know yeah for this one i think uh, minnesota could easily take this one from uh the basically the number one ranked team all year minnesota state mankato uh mankato really the first game they almost lost to harvard Mm-hmm. And then the second game, they only beat Notre Dame by one goal, which is very surprising so to me. So two one-goal games. Yeah, which is honestly quite scary. If I were if I was a Cato fan, I don't know, obviously it's still amazing that they're there and it's going to be a great game. But I think they they should be worried. Close is a great goaltender, and 
Minnesota has some high-flying dudes that could easily blow this game out. Blow it out? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't... I just, I'm going to imagine Carl just going crazy for this game. Kind of wish I was there, but I wonder how plane... I bet plane tickets coming out of freaking MSP are just crazy going to Boston. Oh, Car- I'm sure. Carl probably booked a flight to, like, California. I'm pretty sure he bought them, like... Uh, a long, long time ago. And I think we're all just Googling MSP to Boston right now. <laughs> uh, it's not too bad. What are you on? I'm on Google. Oh. What are you on? Delta. Delta? Nonstop? Wait, what day is that, though, Ryan? I haven't looked yet. I don't know, but I don't, I don't know. These are going to be two great games, and I am just... I, I think Bob Mosco... Bobby. He's just got a... Clean shave his head. <laughs> I mean, we saw Ben Myers come in absolutely clutch against UMass in that first game in overtime. Minnesota, I, we were, it's just so funny how we were so low on the Big Ten all year. And here they are with two guys in the Frozen Four. Right. What? Uh, through Delta, nonstop flights, the cheapest one is $1,188. That's ex- I'm just saying, you could have bought one. And half the flights are sold out. You could have you could have bought one two months ago at this time, for like around four hundred or less on Delta. Wow, yeah. three to four hundred bucks. Yeah, next they, next year we got to buy them early. Well, we're going to Tampa Bay anyway. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. Uh, they did that last year too, though. Same thing. You had three Minnesota teams, and it was over a thousand dollars for a plane ticket. That's why you just drive drive through Chirac and call it good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got the job done. Okay, right, let's get into picks here. Minnesota Mavericks, Minnesota Gophers. Uh, Dryden McKay is going to be a sieve, so let's go Minnesota. Let's go gold gopher. I think I'm going to have to go with the gophers as well here. We're going to see a big – somebody. the Big Ten's going to win one this year, I think. Yep. I'm going to go with Mankato, <laughs> I think, because oh. I need to make up points. Can you guys div without looking up the last time uh, Mankato lost a game? Can I guess? Yeah, take a guess. Um, January 15th. It was in January, was it not? Wait, no, they're on a – 16-17 game win streak right now. Um, they have They didn't lose in March. They didn't lose in February. I know that. The they lost. I I know the last team. I want to say the last team they lost to was Northern Michigan. Is that it right? It was. It yeah, was we Northern. That one. We did watch it. I think that was when we came back with Joe, January eighth. January fourteenth. Oh. Was one day. Uh, Damn. Yeah. I just I just have questions like with Minnesota like. Obviously, they were the hottest team in hockey for a while, other than maybe Mankato. But I just, I just get questions from what I've seen from them in the tournament so far. I just think Mankato's a more experienced team that'll be able to, you know, make close look like a little sieve. So I'm gonna go with Mankato. It's, it's gonna be, yeah. it's gonna be a hell of a matchup if it's yeah any I, of them. But I mean, I would actually, I would love to see a Minnesota rematch against Michigan in the final. That, that would, would be, be nuts. Unreal. I think we might have to get tickets and just just walk out there. <laughs> True. Yeah, we can start walking now. Carl can pick us up in his hat. Yeah, Carl. That's probably the matchup that I want to see the most is Michigan Minnesota. Yeah, Denver rematch would be more boring. I think any I think any other game would be more boring. Honestly, I think that'd be the most just. I mean, we saw some, you know, physicality in that championship game. Imagine this on the national stage now. Dude, think about how many miles. like draftees are on that ice. If that, they would play. that would like, be nuts. That would absolutely be nuts. So, 
those are our picks. So then, now nah, we'll let's save that. We'll do a little specialty pod for the championship game. Sure. Just a short little spigot later this week. Um, should we talk? Ryan, Ryan wants something to say over there. Yeah, one thing I think we should talk about is the Hobie Baker. We're down to the final three guys. We have Dryden McKay from Mankato, Bobby Brink of Denver, and Ben Myers from Minnesota. Uh, out of these guys, who, who do you think should win it? I don't think it should be Bobby Brink. I think Dryden McKay has obviously the NCAA shutout record. That's one thing on his side. He's They've won 17 games in a row. Um, they've just obviously it is what it is against teams they've played, but he's basically had the team on his back for a long time. Even last year, going into last year. Ben Myers on the other side, I mean, he's been an outstanding player. Like I just mentioned a little bit ago, he scored that game winner against UMass in overtime. Obviously, it was a beautiful feed, but he's he's a team leader in goals. He has the most points. I mean, he's only a junior. He, he's still, he's, you know, being around another year, but I mean, he's just played outstanding as well. I see it being down to basically those two. I, I, I don't know. When's the last time it's been a goalie? As the Hobie Baker, I don't know that stat, but it's no, probably no. been a while, mm-hmm. and I could see it being Dryden McKay this year. Yeah, I would say that too. I mean, he's just been the face of Etzelin at that goalkeeper position for a long time now, and then obviously the number of shutouts as he has is just ridiculous for Mankato, and it's really kept them on the top for a majority of seasons. It's up to them, and then obviously this year they've just been unbelievable on that 17 game win streak they're on right now. He just shows excellent. I think that he's definitely worthy of it this year when it's pretty even across the board around other sides. I think like the finalist for the Hobie Baker is pretty you know, it was pretty even throughout even before we got down to these top three. But I think McKay as a goalie would win it. It would be uh kinda cool to see. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be cool to see Dryden McKay, a goaltender, win it. But also I would really like to see Ben Myers win it. He's on a stacked Minnesota team and it'd just be cool for a guy like him to pull it off. According to my Wikipedia statistics, the Hobie Baker has been won by a goaltender twice in its 41-year existence. Can anybody guess when the last time somebody won? 2004. 20, uh, 2007. 2001. Ooh. Ryan Miller from Michigan State. Who? <laughs> and before that, Rob Stauber out of Duluth back in 1988. I bet Murr knows him. Mur, no, him and Murr go way back. Him and East probably went to high school. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And only one of those guys have been inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, which was actually, well, this was a, not a goalie, but different guy. I won't even mention his name. So it kind of sounds like it's bad luck if you win Hobie Baker as a goalie. Well, he wasn't a goalie. Oh, what? Well, I mean, he was, if you're anybody, you're just you're just SOL, I bet. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, imagine you're just terrible. Cole Caulfield, <laughs> just dog. So is Kale McCarr. He's just... Yeah, Kale McCarr sucks. And Jack Eichel, Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, they're all pretty bad. Who, who are those guys? <laughs> oh, God. Anything else we want to add, boys? We had a big, uh, big... I mean, one thing I think we should mention quick is Coach of the Year goes to Mike Hastings and... Oh, how about how about big not Coach of the Year in BU? How about that guy, huh? Yeah, O'Connell. Oh, my Lord. I mean, I think we saw it coming. Okay, let me look this up. I got to look up their record because he was coached for four years and it was not very good i mean you know bu is a program that you just expect year in and year out to be outstanding right no <laughs> i mean they did like you say they did win uh the bean pot 
They did win the Bean Pot this Ooh, year. It's my favorite tournament. Bean Pot. But that was enough. Not enough to keep Albie O'Connell in. Um, he just. I mean, they didn't. They didn't even make the tournament this year. Yeah. They got out first round last year to St. Cloud State. Shout out. <laughs> um, but it's just. When's the last time their programs had a decent run? Probably like not since I've been in, not since I've been in college. He's been they were 58, 49, and sixteen in the last four seasons. So that's just not a that's barely over five hundred. It's not a great look. And if you want to be a winning winning program, you got to do a little bit better than that. It's probably his time, and we'll see. I'm sure you'll end up somewhere. Be coaching Pee Wee's out in Louisiana or something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. A few other awards that were given out. Player of the year is Bobby Trevino, and CHN. Rookie of the year is Luke Hughes. Yeah, CHN. They're just popping off these days with all their awards. Oh, my God. I don't know how Spencer Meyer wasn't on there for defenseman of the year. It's kind of bullshit in my opinion. <laughs> scores more goals than Owen Power. Yeah. Jeez. Number one pick. Can't even can't even rip him in the net. Let's just see Spencer on the power play. Yeah. He's like Ovi. He, he is Ovi. He's better than Ovi. He's St. Cloud's Ovechkin. And uh, we don't have – we might break news on Spencer at some point. Yeah, we will. Stay tuned to Light the Lamp. Follow our Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, we'll do a live stream. Because, yeah, well, live stream dirty. Um, <laughs> uh, he, we might break his news. We're, we're basically his agent, so. Yeah, I think. That'd be crazy. I think he looks up to us. Who doesn't? He should. I think everybody who listens should. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our listeners. You guys have been great all year. Yep. I mean – I love the line coming into the studio every week, autographs and stuff. Um, <laughs> couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. So it's been a great year, though, guys. It's crazy how they build rafts up the Mississippi River to they wave just, at us when we park there. Yeah, they just like they have binoculars and stuff. It's kind of weird. Think about it. It's nuts. But hell of a weekend coming up. We got a lot of a lot of action. I guess we can get into this more after next week a little bit. With all the you know transfer portal stuff, there's a lot of guys going places. So yep. we'll see. Goalies are a big need for certain schools right now, and yeah. uh, we'll see where that goes. But we're excited for Thursday. You guys better get off work quick and just grab some brewskis, sit on the couch, a little glizzy action, and just roll. Boom. Boom. Boom.